You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz Cantina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of God Stories Radio. This is session 308. I'm Fritz. And I'm Tina. What's going on out there tonight, guys? It's Tuesday night. It's Tuesday and we have a special guest. Oh, yeah, we do. We got Nat in the house. Nat. What, 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 what? What is your title officially, Nat? Uh, I think that depends on who you ask, but I am the director of children's <laughs> ministry or the children's minister, depending on who you ask. Well, all right. And what does that encompass? Uh, I get to have fun with all kids birth through fifth grade as we learn about God together and grow in our faith as disciples. Okay, that's pretty awesome. And so what church do you work for? First United Methodist Church in Claremont, Florida. Well, what about that? That happens to be where my husband works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you bet. So you guys are co-workers. um, As long as he's behaving. (laughs) Questionable, very questionable. (laughs) And you guys are kind of close office space-wise, too. Right next door. Yeah. They put all the troublemakers in one That's corner. That's it. We are in the ba- <laughs> we are in the back of the bus. Yep. <laughs> where the walls are thin. <laughs> we got to have Stardusky on this show sometime. I'm telling you. Lisa would be great in here. She would be awesome. So she, how is everybody? She's my yeah, yeah. A great assistant, man. Everybody needs the best. Elisa Stardusky. They do. Amen. Which is not really her last name, but No. <laughs> the names have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> Babe, how's your week been over there? It's been really good. I actually have had a good week. I just started back at school. um, And one of my professors is the same from last semester. Oh, nice. So I kind of know what to expect there. So there's a a level of comfort that you have with things that are familiar. Okay. And then my other instructor is brand new to me. And um, he's completely online. So I'm oh, taking wow. my first completely online class. So that one I'm a little bit a little bit on the edge of my seat about because I just don't know what to expect. And it's a history class. And I'm just thinking, how much stuff am I going to have to memorize or <laughs> remember? But I remember I felt that way when I started last semester too with these other classes and it was fine they don't expect you to be able to retain dates and names and things like that all the time they just expect you to be able to know where to go and find the answers Mm -hmm. so yeah it'll be good it'll be good so nat good to have you in the studio tonight good to be here i can't wait to hear what you have to say me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be marvelous. Marvelous. So, 
Anyway, well, I guess we could start out with uh, kind of, if you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself and then what you do and how you ended up in Claremont and what's going on and, you know, how the glass got broken and stuff like that. The glass got broken. That's yeah, a, I was that's looking for new, words. I was just. Oh, okay. I was going to say that's a new phrase for me. I haven't <laughs> heard that before. <laughs> well, I, um, I am all about all things family and kids. Are you cheering for me already? Okay. <laughs> That's for you, Nat. All right. Yeah. So I um I grew up a very introverted young lady and um I didn't have many friends and so I kind of stuck to myself and and so I got into middle school and I decided that I was gonna try and make friends. And you know, as an as somebody who never spoke before, that that didn't go very well. Um but I had always kind of had a relationship with the Lord, but just kind of kept to myself. And so I started to try to make friends and, you know, God kind of works in mysterious ways, but I got connected with some people who will say were less than ideal influences for me. <laughs> and so I did what- I think a, we've all had a few of those. A few. Um, so I did what many people often find themselves in as- Christians and I was living a double life. And so I had um, my walk with the Lord and then I had my walk with my friends. And I came to a place probably in my early 20s where I was in the midst of sin and I was inviting some people to church. You know, that double life kind of crossed over. And I heard a statement that kind of shook me to the core. And, and one of my friends said to me, you know, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Well, I'd heard this statement. I don't know how many times I've heard this statement, and but it never hit me like that. And because I think God was just telling me in that moment, you know, Natalie, you're that hypocrite that is keeping people out of church. You are showing them whether or not I am real. And I was like, dang, well, you know, <laughs> and so I really wrestled with that in my spirit. And I came to a place where I really had to count the cost of following Christ because I knew if I was going to follow Christ the way that he wanted me to, that I was going to lose everything that I held so tightly to. Mm -hmm. And I don't make I don't make friends easy. And I'm like, I don't want to lose these friends that I have. Like, I'm super shy. What am I going to do? But I finally decided that nothing in my life meant anything apart from Christ. And if my friends were going to walk away, they were going to walk away. But I was going to I was going to be full in. I was going to give God everything that I had. And so I made that decision to do that. And they did walk away. Um, I think all but two of them walked away. And those two people that stayed are still in my life. Um, and we have some really great conversations because of the difference that they've seen in me since then. But then I really didn't have much else to do. So I gave my whole life to ministry, um, began full-time ministry. And it kind of started being thrown into children's ministry because that's usually where the biggest need is in a church. <laughs> And um, they did not have a children's ministry at the church that I was attending. And so I kind of built it from the ground up. And they said, hey, you kind of have a knack for this. And so I started doing that full time. 
Did you always have a natural love for children or was that something that developed over time? No, I think I always have. Um, it's really interesting for me. And I, I share this story a lot with the kids. And one of my favorite Bible stories is um, Hannah. And because I learned very young that I would never be able to have children. And that was all I ever wanted to be growing up. I just wanted to be a mom. That was that was everything oh. to me. And so when I learned I couldn't have kids, it was devastating. And I even tell, I tell my kids, you know, I have a hope chest at home that I had when I was a kid. I got it from my grandma and I stored everything that I was going to decorate my little girl's room with. And so I had all this stuff. Her name was going to be Carla. It was really cool. I could not wait to be a mom. And then I, I found this all out. And I remember sitting in front of that hope chest just weeping because I had lost this dream. But again, counting your costs, right? And God has not given me a child, and I don't know that he ever will. I mean, we see people all throughout the Bible who are barren, and but God can do all things. So I don't know that it'll ever happen, but he has taken my love for nurturing kids and given me a ministry where I can pour that love into hundreds of kids. And so, mm. you know, he he takes our ugliness and makes it beautiful, and I just love that. Uh, so I got into... I've been doing um, children's ministry since I was old enough to serve in children's ministry <laughs> um, and then kind of just landed in it professionally by people seeing my giftings. So that's really cool. Um, and then I went to school actually for ministry to victims of sexual exploitation. And that was birthed out of watching um, young ladies come to church in clothing that I deemed very, very inappropriate for mm. adults, let alone kids. And I started studying kid culture and I got to notice that um, we were marketing sex to our kids um, and I was not OK with it. <laughs> and so I wanted to learn how to educate families on how to communicate with their kids on a godly perspective across all developmental ranges. And so I did a four-year course study on that particular topic. And I've been using that to help families ever since. So I have a passion for helping families engage in the media that they see around them. And the, um, I guess the, just kind of the images and the, the things that are being thrown at their kids and helping them navigate that. So that's kind of where I am today. And I was in Illinois before I came to Claremont at another First United Methodist Church, and I kind of felt like God was releasing me from there, and I had no idea to where, so I was like, I can go anywhere, right? Like, I can go anywhere in the world, but I always want to be somewhere familiar, so I had, I had friends and family here in Florida, and... um I started looking and I found this church and they were doing at the time a conference on um, trafficking. And I was like, oh, hold on. Like, this is right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. And so I looked into more of what they were doing and I was like, hey, I can get on board with this. And so I applied and um, they called me right away and I got to spend some time down here with them and and they moved me on down here. That's great. Wow. It's really cool how God uses every little thing in mm -hmm. your life, you know, to bring you full circle. Yes. So tell us 
tell us a, a little bit more about where you came from, because you just mentioned that you came from Illinois to here. What part of Illinois? But yeah. The Quad City area. I actually worked in a town called Geneseo, which is a small farm town. Uh, shout out Geneseo, Illinois, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's on the Mississippi River side of oh. Illinois. Oh, a lot of my family's from Springfield. Oh, there you go. Went to school at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. Shout out Moody. Wow. Oh, wow. She does have an impressive background. She does. <laughs> Coming all up in here with these creds. <laughs> what about your parents? Where were your parents from? Oh, Oklahoma and either North Dakota or South Dakota. Don't call me because I'm not really sure. But one of the Dakotas. <laughs> Dakota. Okay. Dakota. That's a North Dakota. Oh, is that how you say it? I think so. Okay. <laughs> we'll, go, right. we'll go with that. You got to get it right. <laughs> and so have you always worked in ministry or church environment or have you had other types of jobs? I uh, started as a waitress. So I waited tables um, and made a pretty good living at that. Um, had Had fun doing that. And then I went into, I worked at a grocery store for quite a while. I was at a grocery store before I started full-time ministry. And I did pretty much everything you can do in a grocery store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've done a lot of retail and working with the public and things like that. Yeah. Wow. And how long have you been at the church now? Five years next month wow oh wow okay. so you came just before i did sure <laughs> well or close yeah we'll go with that so agreeable tonight thank you yeah all right <laughs> that is probably one of the most selfless people i've ever met in my life i mean she's always doing for somebody or caring for somebody and i know a few personal tidbits about you that i don't know if you want to share <laughs> or not you know you know one is is your parents and um i just tip my hat to you for being the caregiver that you are and i know that's you know can become emotional so you don't have to talk about it but i just wanted to mention that those are just you know one of the things that i know about where um, she's basically put her own life on the shelf for other people and i just yeah, I don't want to say, I don't know what to say to that. I honor you. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I am incredibly blessed to, one, to have a job that understands where I am in my life with caring for my parents and is supportive of that. Because um, not every job would allow you the ability to leave if you needed to leave and and do the things. But Yes, I get the joy of caring for my um, parents. They had me very late in life. My dad is about to turn 85. Um, so uh, they have had a lot of physical problems in their life. And so uh, my dad is very much bed bound right now. And, and my mom's in chronic pain and different things like that. So I, I get to take care of them. And um, as, as a 40-year-old, I didn't think I'd be in in this position quite this early in life. Um, but again, God has brought me to a place where 
I am content with who I am and where I am in my life. And I think if I wasn't, if he hadn't brought me to that place of contentment, I would never be able to handle this. And I think I would resent my parents. Um, but thankfully, that has not happened. Um, and I can enjoy and ensure that they have a good end of their life, however long God allows that to be. Caring, wow. Yeah, caring for for people. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to do. You know, it can be it can be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you really do have to put yourself aside in order to do that. So I wouldn't say I do that 100 percent well all the time either. Um, I mean, we're human and and we tend to be selfish and and I can be that way, too. But um, I'm just I don't know how anybody does anything with apart from a relationship with God, because mm, there you go. Uh, his Holy Spirit will say, all right, Natalie, I, I, I need to kind of let's talk about how you just handled that situation. And, so, you know, sometimes I just need to apologize and and say, you know, I didn't I didn't respond very well in that moment or. And I think they're really understanding. Um, they're not naive to what I've given up. Um, they're very respectful of that. So I think they kind of understand those moments. Um, but I just don't without a relationship with God. How anybody does anything is beyond me. <laughs> mm -hmm. True. Story. Yeah, I don't know how we would have gotten through what we did last year mm -hmm. without the Lord. Because mm -hmm. it's pivotal. You have a choice at that point. You know, you mm -hmm. can either run to him or run from him and yeah. take what the world offers. Yeah. And even then, it's a temporary fix. It really is. And you think you're in control. Nah. Nah. Not at all. Never. Yeah, and then, you know, God shows you how to take what's bitter, you know, and, and difficult and burdensome in your life and turn it into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's only something he can do. Amen. But it's, um, it's remarkable when you, it's almost like you have, you have to die on mm -hmm. the inside to whatever it is. D kill that part of you in order to come through with him on uh -huh. the other side of that, you know? Well, he wasn't kidding when he said, take up your cross. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, without doing that, you, you you don't ever really get to that next level with him. And he wants, he wants you to grow closer and closer into his image. And without taking your cross up in every area of your life, which is extremely hard. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but without doing it, you never get to see that next step that he wants to take you to. And so it's it can be bitter and ugly in those moments, but just laying it at his feet and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to take all this bitterness and I'm going to take all this frustration or I'm going to take all this stuff that I'm dealing with and I'm going to lay it here. And I don't like laying it here because I'm a control freak and I just want to make sure that everything goes the way I want it to. But I'm going to lay it here because I know I know you're going to get me through this. I don't know how you're going to get me through this, but you're going to get me through this and I'm going to get to the other side and I'm going to see the journey. Um, and so just I think since I've had so many of those moments in my life, being in the moment that I am now and and sacrificing 
you know, my, my independence for caring for my parents. And, and I can look back and say, okay, I've been in not ideal situations before, but beauty's been brought out of that. And mm-hmm. so I know in the middle of this, he's got something for me at the end, no matter, I don't know what it, what it is, but I know that it's perfect for me and that he has prepared it for me because of what he's brought me through right now. So. Well, that's good preaching right there. Word. Word. That's what I'm talking about. Man, that, uh, there's, there's just so much stuff I want to ask you, but ask just, me. no, I'm not gonna, I don't want to, uh, I don't know. I don't want to cause any pressure. Are you being scared? I'm, I'm a little scared. I don't want to put you on the spot. Well, I give you permission. Well, there's one particular thing out of all that I really want to ask you about, because you and I had a great conversation the other day, and I was having an Aubrey moment, Mm -hmm. you know, and you and I talked for a few minutes, and you were such a blessing because you shared the story about your loss and how you dealt with it, and then I actually, you know, got some... um, an appointment with the counselor that you referred me to and, and stuff like that. And I guess I just want you to talk a, a little bit about that if you're comfortable. Yeah. Loss is life altering. Yes, it is. And um, especially when it's a very, very close and intimate loss. Um, so I lost the love of my life. Um, it's been four years now. And I spent, it was very unexpected. Um, He had struggled with a lot of things, struggled with some mental illness and um, had decided to take his life. And so he called me right before it happened. Um, And I tried to um, encourage him out of that decision. Um, But that clearly did not take take part but um he did survive the incident and um was in the hospital for a week and i spent a week in there um and i like to say he was fighting for his life but i i i don't know that um but i do in hindsight know that god gave me that week for me um and he knew that i needed that uh, for closure. That was the powerful part that really touched me. Um, so I'm glad that you talked about that. And he gave me that week to really pray through and release him to to God. And it was devastating to say the least. It, I, um, I kind of lost myself in that. And I pulled back from everybody in my life. And I just wanted, I'm, I'm a suffer in silence kind of person. So it wasn't something that I was going to talk through with anybody. Um, but thankfully God put people in my life that were not afraid to call it out. And they said, you know, you've changed and we see this in you and we want to help you and we want to offer this with you. And they encouraged me to to see a counselor and 
that was a struggle in and of itself just because not all counselors are created equal. And some of them are excellent at what they do. And some of them um, are not as excellent as what they <laughs> do or they're just not meant for you in particular. And, and I had to work to find one that really suited my personality and what I needed and wasn't going to push me more than I, I wanted to be in. And I found one. And uh, the beauty in her is that she read between my lines because I'm really good at only giving you what I want you to see. But she could see between that and she would call it out in me. And that's what I think we need to do as brothers and sisters in Christ is we need to see each other. Amen, sister girl. And, and be willing to call call it out in truth and love. And so thankfully she did that and she helped me process through a lot of emotion. And I think the, the best gift I got in that is that she let me know it was okay that I was struggling. It was okay that I was feeling the emotions that I was feeling. It was okay that I was thinking the thoughts that I was thinking. And now, not all of them were healthy, obviously, but but some of them. And I had so many people in my life that were just like, "Why? Why are you still a year later? Why are you still struggling? Why are you still ha like? Unless you go through that deep intimate loss, you really don't understand." how much it impacts how you view the world around you, how you view conversations, how you how you just take in everything. It all changes dramatically. And, and there's no timetable on that stuff. Right. You know, yes. that's what people don't seem to understand. Yeah. But therapy gave me a place where there was no preconceived, like, anything. And just let me get it all out and process through it with me. And, and it was a beautiful thing. And, and now I'm, I'm at a place where I, um, his birthday is Friday. I want to say it's Friday. It's the 21st. Um, and I get to celebrate with having his favorite steak. Um, and I will not spend it. I'm sure I'll cry, but I'm not going to spend it meltdown, I'm going to spend it celebrating. And I could not have done that without people who walked alongside me in the midst of deep sorrow and allowed me to be human. I didn't have to be perfect. I didn't have to have it all together, but they weren't going to let me stay a mess. They were going to get me through that. So, yeah. Thank you, Nat. <laughs> Thank you for talking about that. There's so many golden nuggets out there for, for people that have suffered intimate loss. And I'm still going through it. I'm a quiet sufferer. And uh, it's hard for me to, to talk about it. But we did the same thing the other night. You know, like Aubrey and I, our thing was to go to Denny's and, and, and get the cheese sticks. You know, she loves cheese sticks. So uh, the four of us and, and one of uh, Tina's friends, Cat, who she worked with at Disney, and she went with us to the shooting range, Orlando Gun Club down there, which is right across from Denny's. So we kind of make the circle. It's our thing to do. Nice. And the other night, uh, actually, she suggested, let's get the cheese sticks for Aubrey. So we all it. dipped the cheese stick yep. and, you know, did the, yep. and, you know, celebrated her. Yeah. Because 
your loss is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't escape it. It's everywhere. Yeah. Where you went, where you ate, where you got gas, you know, whatever you did. It's amazing to me just sense when I can smell something yeah. and it'll trigger a memory and just how vivid that is to me. Um, it's incredible, but I, um, I really struggled with, uh, he wasn't sure he didn't have this big aha God moment that he always thought people should have. And he couldn't understand why, if he wanted this relationship with God, why God didn't give him this big aha moment like everybody else had. And I told him, you know, not everybody has a big aha moment. (laughs) Like it's a journey. Yeah. And and I have I have his Bible and we we Bible studied and we would talk on the phone and he would write down questions and you know I went to Bible college so we would discuss all these different things. So I have I have his Bible and I have some of his notes that he wrote, which I cherish those things. But <clears throat> but just um I forgot where I was going with that. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, he didn't have the big he didn't aha have the big moment. aha moment, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's what it was. He, um, he struggled with whether or not he was saved because he didn't have this big aha moment. And, um, that was one of the conversations that we had before he decided to take his life. And so that was something that weighed on my heart heavily because I didn't know what heaven was going to be like without him. And if you can ever look at your, your families and friends and think, what would eternity be like without them? I'm telling you, that is the biggest motivator to share your faith. But I struggled with that. And I, I wanted to know. And and I, you know, I asked God and I, I believe God gave me through um, a dream that I had confirmation of where he um, his soul is. And so I have peace with that now. Um, and I don't struggle with that because that dream God showed me things that only he knew nobody, you know, nobody else could have given me that, that clarity and confirmation. And so thank God for that. I'm, I don't, I'm not normally a person that, you know, God gives big dreams and visions. to. I don't feel bad now because I was the same way when Aubrey passed, I asked for a sign and I asked for a a notable sign that I couldn't miss. Yeah. Yeah. uh, He gave you one too. Yeah. The Raven. Yeah. That was something else. So he it's amazing does. how he meets you. He meets you in your in your grief. It's uh it's a beautiful savior, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And he's so personal because mm-hmm. the way he meets it for you is not the way he meets it for yes. me or the way he meets it for Fritz, yes. you know. He's so personal and caters mm-hmm. to us and what will resonate and stick with us and what will mean something to us so i'm grateful for that too because you know i see him you know changing my life too through loss that we've shared you know Mm -hmm. but it's just um it's a lot of trust you know to put one foot in front of the other and move forward yeah yeah that's pretty much what you're doing is just Walking on that water and just keeping your eyes focused on him. Yep. You got to. You have to. You won't make it. No. You really, really won't. Sinking down, you. sinking down. Wow. Well, thank you, Nat. 
I really appreciate any, you coming. Any, and other, any other stories you'd like share? to share? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate you talking about your loss and, and how you dealt with that and how Christ intervened. And I don't know. I just felt it was important to hear that because that's such a part of you. It is. And then you, the caretaker for your parents, I'm just so impressed um, that you take that on. And, and then you you still do the ministry at the, the church. Is, it's flourishing. I and love it's amazing. Them. I love them little ones. Them little children, they <laughs> love me too. I'm going to tell you what, man. What, They're my what, energy, man. Oh, yeah. I'm a big kid anyway. I don't know where else they'd stick me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you have that big educational building. That's going to get wild. You'll have to come back and, and do an update, you know, where you talk a little bit about what direction you're taking the ministry and, you know, what's new and going on in your life and just kind of give us an update on, you know, everything that's happened maybe like in six months' time or something. I would love to. Yeah, we are getting ready to have a parent forum where we're going to share our children's ministry team has been spending the past several months just in, in prayer and seeking God for direction in the current culture and how do we reach kids and how do we empower kids to live for Christ where they're at right now. Uh, cause it's kind of scary out there for kids. And yes. we really feel like God has given us a clear direction to go in. And we are so excited to unveil this for our parents and um, to partner with them in that journey. And I would love to come back and share what God does in that. That sounds good. That sounds great. Yeah, we'd like you to be a regular. Woohoo! Maybe ring Stardusky. Stardusky, yes. I'd like to to uh, have her in here. And Stardusky, you're on the ballot if you um, are listening tonight. Donnie Seeger, I serve in kid life at my church. I can relate. Kids are awesome. Amen. Yes, they are, Donnie. <laughs> Thank you for serving our children. Amen. Yes, they're the best. The future of the world. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank Nat again for coming in tonight and taking uh, uh, some of her precious time to talk with us and Give a little testimonial. Woohoo! And uh, also, too, uh, if you want to share your testimony, you can get in touch with us at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest in the studio, it's GodStoriesRadioTina at gmail.com, and she'll get you on the schedule. But even if you, we are God Stories Radio, so even if you've got a story and you're not much to, on a microphone, you're a little afraid of it, whatever, write it down. And mail it to us or um, email it to us, godstoriesradio at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to read it. We've done that very, a lot of times, haven't we, babe? Yeah. And and they've been a blessing. Everyone that we received yes. has been a blessing. Go check us out, www.godstoriesradio.com. Check us out over there. And then, um, you know, if you feel the urge to throw some change in the jar, you can do so. Uh, we are a uh, tax-exempt 501c3, so you get a little break on your taxes, and every little bit helps us out. So enough of that. Um, but we thank you for joining in tonight and listening to uh, Nat's testimony and hanging out with us. And this has been God Stories Radio, Session 308. I'm Fritz. And I'm Tina. And I'm Nat. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you.